Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back. Darren Mitchell here, and you're listening to another brand new episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast, coming to you on this Wednesday, the 30th of August, 2023. For some reason, I was about to say October, but I'm uh, getting ahead of myself. That is two months down the track. It is the 30th of August, 2023. So I trust you have uh, enjoyed a very, very fast start to the week, enjoying the week so far, and I trust that your team are taking advantage of all the opportunities that are in front of them, making every single post a winner. And if not, I trust that you are planting seeds that will bear fruit when the harvest is ready to be harvested. In today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about the chameleon leader. Now, it's a topic that I've been uh, grappling with and talking with a lot of leadership teams over the last, well, probably the last month or so, really. And uh, a lot of teams that I'm working with have some challenges with with their leadership, uh, particularly with uh, leaders, dare I say, being very one-dimensional and leading their team in the same way, irrespective of where their team's at and who the type of people are within the team. So I wanted to talk about this because it comes from uh, a guy called, or a couple of guys actually, Paul Hersey and Ken Blanchard, and I'm going to talk about situational leadership and leadership flexibility. Uh, but one of the things we need to recognize, certainly as sales leaders, is that leadership is influence. And I had this conversation yesterday with a group, a fantastic group at a large uh, Asian Pacific organization, and we we're talking about what actually is leadership. And it's interesting how many people have completely different definitions, but essentially we got to the point where leadership is influence, and if we can influence our team and certainly the key stakeholders within our organization, given that a lot of the organizations that exist, big organizations, they're very matrixed uh, and in many cases very complex. So Often the hardest form of leadership or the hardest form of influence is to influence people who are not in your direct line of management because as we know, if you've got the hierarchy where you've got the leader sitting at the top or the manager sitting at the top, it's very easy for them to default back to, well, I am the manager, I am the leader, therefore you shall do what I say, which is very much a positional leadership or positional power type of approach. doesn't necessarily augur well for long-term engagement and certainly long-term results. Because you'll find that some people and teams within the organization will be doing things despite of the leader. So we need to be able to create a leadership environment where we are influencing. And influencing people to the point where we're adjusting our style and demonstrating flexibility. And pretty much meeting where people are at. uh, Where their style of uh, personal style is or the communication style. But also thinking about things like commitment and and consistency around effort. But also their level of competence or skill set where it sits. So a conversation I've had this week in particular with a few teams is around is around that particular concept and the fact that as leaders and particularly as sales leaders, we're expected to be able to see further than the team does right now. We're expected to know the way first and foremost. We're expected to show the way and then we're expected to go the way. So all about leading by example, setting the right uh, environment for people to uh, be really good, increase their level hopefully of their discretionary effort and in the long run, hopefully create some sustainable and replicable results. So when it comes to this, uh, we need to be flexible in our leadership. And it's almost like the chameleon. So nothing worse than a leader that is 
being the same across all different situations and treating every single person in exactly the same way. Now, that's not to say that we're not treating people fairly and they're not, treat, not treating people with a level of integrity. So that goes without saying because you have to have a set of key principles. But what we do understand is that people are different and they'll have different perspectives, different needs. They'll also be at different stages of, develop, of their development. So we need to be able to adjust our leadership style to get a very consistent message through. But the way we do that is going to be slightly different based on a couple of key factors which we're going to talk about in today's episode. And so the chameleon leader recognizes this. They are in tune with their team and they understand that their role is to be able to extract the potential from their team but do it in such a way that resonates with the team based on where their team are at, both collectively but also individually. And so what they do is they tend to lead based on the situation that their team finds themselves in. And this this model called situational leadership, which is very pivotal to the chameleon leader, was first developed by Paul Hersey and Ken Blanchard back in the 1970s. And it's still used as a very, very functional and I guess effective leadership teaching style and flexibility style for us to follow uh, in the 2020s. And it's based on two key dimensions. Number one is a level of competence and often referred to as Uh, knowledge or skill, and that is, does the person or the people within the team have the demonstrated skill and knowledge in order to be able to do a specific task or take on a specific level of responsibility? And it's fair to say, if you look at your own team, there'll be different levels of competence that exist within your team. There'll be some that are very, very skillful. There'll be others that are perhaps lacking some skill but need some coaching, need some training, need some development. And so how you're going to deal with those two different people will should be fundamentally different. And so that's the first dimension, the competence. The second dimension is a level of commitment or often referred to as motivation. So what is the individual motivation that sits within uh, the team? What sits within the individual's, I guess, psyche? What's the level of confidence? And are they really committed to the task? Are they really committed to the organization? Effectively, are they committed to their own career and their own role? And so often when I ask people, and I ask this to teams all the time, I did a podcast not long ago about you know, what motivates you, and it's so important to understand that. We need to get into the psyche of our team to really understand what makes them tick. And some of it's going to be based on those conversations, but a lot of it's also going to be based on observation as well. So the two key dimensions that situational leadership is based on is competence and commitment. And what these guys determined was through this, through these two dimensions, there are essentially four different phases that people go through in any team development situation. And the first one is they start out, and think about this, when you bring on somebody who is brand new to the team or brand new to the organization, they tend to be very uh, enthusiastic. They've probably got a high level of motivation, but their level of skill set or competency in the way that your business works or the way that your team works is probably going to be relatively low, even though they might have some experience in the industry in which your business operates in. So for the first phase, you tend to have somebody who becomes what we call an enthusiastic beginner. And the way that we deal with this particular person is going to be different to the other three phases. So the first phase is a person who's going to be an enthusiastic beginner, which has a high level of motivation or commitment, but a low level of competence or skill set. Now, over a period of time, and this is this is not um, specific in terms of time, it could be three months, could be three days, depending on the, I guess, the learn teachability and the learn, I was going to say learnability, the teachability of the individual. Um, over time, though, what should happen is the level of competency or skill set should increase. 
And when that happens, the person's level of commitment typically starts to wane a little bit. It's not to say they become disengaged, but often they find that what they thought was going to be uh, the environment when they first came in or just before they came in, they start to find out little uh, little things within the organization that perhaps it wasn't as uh, grandiose or perfect as they thought it was. And so they start to become what's called a disillusioned learner. Their competency is growing, but their, comp- their commitment and the motivation can sometimes start to diminish a little bit. But over a period of time, they can start to increase their level of competency and through that, start to increase intuitively their level of commitment as well. So they move to a phase known as competence, but cautious. So it is where there's almost like a a transition lounge where the role that we play as a leader will be completely different to when there's a disillusioned learner, learner within our team and certainly where there's an enthusiastic beginner in our team. But the ultimate phase is where we'd all as leaders like to get to, and that is where we have a team of what's called self-reliant achievers, where the commitment is high, the motivation is high, and the competency level and skill set is also pretty high. So this is utopia. It's probably difficult to get every single member of your team into those particular areas, but that is the that is the goal, that is the aim. But if you look at your team right now, you're probably going to find if you've got a team of, say, 10 or 12 people, you'll typically have one or two people at least across each of the four phases, whether it be the enthusiastic beginner who's pretty pretty new or just come into the team. You might have the disillusioned learner who is building a level of competency but is not necessarily as committed as they perhaps started out as. You've got people, people who are developing their level of competence but they're a little bit more cautious. They're still looking for a little bit of direction from you uh, and maybe being a little bit more reliant on you. And you're going to have a couple of people potentially who are going to be in the self-reliant achiever stage where they're just looking for more opportunity. They're always asking, what is the next project they can work on? What is the next opportunity they can take the lead on, etc." So for those four phases, the way that we deal with these particular people uh, is going to be different. And hence, our leadership style has to change. So with the enthusiastic beginner where you've got a high level of commitment and a low level of skill set or competency, it's going to be very much leader-driven. And we're going to be doing a lot of telling and we're going to be doing a lot of directing. So in this particular case, there'll be a lot of definition. You'll be probably putting a blueprint together. You'll be doing a lot of planning and prioritizing, a lot of teaching and showing. You might have me doing things and then expecting the person to either copy you, uh, model you, or hand over the reins to them, but you're going to stand side by side to make sure that you're monitoring their performance to give them the best opportunity of getting a high level of competence pretty, pretty quickly. And part of that will be to give feedback as well. So there's not a lot of room for them to take the initiative, but it's going to be very much you directing the, the I guess, the, the orchestra, for want of a better term. And the whole deal here is to try and give this person the fastest start possible so we can start to increase their level of uh, competency and take advantage of their commitment to the organization. Now, even with that, you will find that their level of commitment might start to wane because they'll start to figure out things that what they thought was a good way of doing things, they start to find out, well, the process, the way we do things around here is slightly different. And that may actually start to have them, in at least in their mind, asking questions about, you know, why are we doing these sort of things? So their commitment can start to drop. But they move into then the next phase being the disillusioned learner. And the role that a leader plays here, this is where the chameleon comes in. We start to move from being a person who's directing them and telling them to now coaching them more and maybe selling them on the idea that they can actually take a lot more responsibility. So we are building some competence. We're in the process of building trust. We're developing relationships with these people 
but it's still going to be pretty much task focused. And part of it might be you're having to sell them on the virtues of doing what it is you're wanting them to do. Uh, you're also going to have to coach them because it's no longer just directing them. You might have actually given them some uh, direction and you want to now take a step back so they can step up and take a little bit of initiative and provide them with some feedback as part of that. So there'll be a lot of exploring. There might still be a lot of explaining or clarifying you need to do. You'll be actually encouraging them, praising them, probably also sharing a lot of feedback around that as well. So that's the second phase being the disillusioned learner. You're going to be more of a coach and more of a sales person. The third phase is when you've got the people in the competent but cautious phase. And in here, this is almost like the transition lounge that I talk about the fact that, okay, we've got people going through the first two phases. The commitment should be in this phase starting to increase. The level of motivation should be starting to increase. And certainly the level of competency and skill set is also starting to increase. So this is where it becomes a little bit less leader-driven and it starts to transition into being more follower-driven. So the ideal situation as a leader is you want people to start to take the initiative. And this is where we're going to start to work together more. It's still going to be relationship-focused, more so than task-focused, but the follow-up is now going to start to take a lot more initiative and you've developed, therefore, a high level of competency. So the role that we play, therefore, as a leader is going to be more of a supporting role and more of a participating role. So it's no longer going to be directing and certainly not necessarily going to be doing a lot of coaching, although there will still be a little bit of coaching and mentoring in this particular area. But some of the skill sets you're going to find yourself having to deploy in this particular area is you're going to be doing a lot more asking and you're going to be doing a lot more listening. They may have a lot of questions of you. They may still be seeking, I guess, clarification or might be seeking validation from you that everything's going okay and they're doing the right thing. So you need to be reassuring them that everything's in the right place and they're moving in the right direction. What you're trying to do here is to start to facilitate a level of self-reliance where you're no longer needed to tell them what to do. You're expecting them to step up and start thinking for themselves and build some self-reliance. There may be some problem solving that's involved that you need to get uh, involved in There's going to be a lot more collaboration. You're going to be doing a lot more feedback, providing a lot more feedback, but also encouraging feedback from them as well in terms of what's working and what's not working. So the role that we'll be playing as a leader is is a lot less hands-on and a lot more of a a hands-off type of approach, giving them a lot more opportunity to take the initiative and really own the space and therefore own their role. And so the last one is ideally where we want to get every single member of the team, and that's the self-reliant achiever where the competency level is high, but also the level of commitment and motivation is high. So in this particular area, there's a lot of empowerment. You've got people that have a high level of competency. They're committed. They're motivated. They just want to do more. These are the ones that keep coming to you and asking for the next opportunity, the next task to take involved in, the next project to lead. Uh, There's a lot of trust that's been developed. There's a lot of confirmation that's been developed. There's a lot of uh, challenges that are now being issued because they're stepping up. And this is ideally where you're going to probably find your successor coming from because they're taking a lot more initiative and you will find that they probably don't need you as much as you thought they did or that they did uh, in the previous three phases. So they'll be doing, you'll be doing a lot more delegation in this particular area and not necessarily spending as much time with them because you'll probably find yourself spending time with the previous three phases. So in this particular phase, this is ideal. Now, what can happen is you'll have people that are across your team that might be in all four of those areas. And this is where the chameleon leader is such an important concept because we need to recognize where is my team at? Where are my team members at? What's the level of commitment? What's the level of 
competency and how do I now adjust my leadership style based on where they're at? And this is why it's called situation leadership. And this is why we as leaders need to be a chameleon so we can adjust based on the environment that we are in and we can extract the maximum potential out of the people in a team based on the situation that we find them, they find them in. So the key question today is if you have a look at your team, whether you've got a team of five, a team of 15, team of 50, where are they at? What is the analysis you can do to identify what's their level of skill set, but also what's their level of commitment and motivation. And based on that, not so much putting them into categories, but knowing that different people within your team are going to require of you a different leadership style. So some of them will require you to be quite directional. They're looking for you to tell them what to do. Others will need to have things delegated to them. So as a leader, this is a very, very important skill set we can develop. And if we can do that, then we give ourselves every opportunity of maximizing the potential and in the process driving exceptional results that become sustainable, but also replicable. So I trust that message helps and I trust that message catches you at the right time, particularly if you've got a team that you're a little bit having a little bit of a struggle with or you're finding you're actually dealing with them in exactly the same way in all situations. Time to step back and think about where they're at and think about and do some analysis as to how you're currently leading them and whether the way you are leading them currently is also going to be the best way to lead them moving forward. So if you'd like some help with this or if you'd like some help with your team, as you know, you can jump on Zoom and uh, let's have a conversation. So go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time. We'll uh, have that conversation about where you're at, what you're looking to achieve over the next 30, 60, 90 days. And of course, if you'd like some help with your team driving those exceptional results, love to have a chat about how I might be able to help you do that as well. So look forward to that conversation. Thanks once again for plugging into the podcast. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it, but also if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.